Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Song is on on the viewpoint. SAFM 
the 21st day of May. Good evening, South Africans. My name is your host here on SFM Viewpoint, Songe Zoma We've got a, quite an interesting lineup this evening, Professor Eugene Clouty of Stellenbosch University. He's the Deputy Vice-Chancellor for Research, Innovation and Postgraduate Studies. And it can only be one thing that University of Stellenbosch, on air certainly, given what I had spoken to you about the last time we were on air talking about Stellenbosch University, we're going to be discussing... F- as a follow-up on the age and education-related effects of cognitive function in coloured South African women. That was a study that was commissioned in the name of Stellenbosch University. Much has since happened then, and perhaps we're not going to focus on the retrospective effects of what that study yielded, but more importantly, getting to understand what the position of Stellenbosch is now, how they have attended to the matter, and more importantly, what we can expect in in that space about such research going forward. Also, somebody's going to offer a bit of inspiration, just like our guest from yesterday at quarter to the hour, Mr. Mondli Fananayekulu, who is quite synonymous in social media circles as having graduated with a pair of overalls, a reflective jacket, and boots donated donated to him by a farmer in the region. And finally, we're going to focus on the Institute for African Renaissance. Something is happening here in Pretoria starting tomorrow, and the person in studio to talk to us about that would be Professor Simpiwe Sasanti. But before then, let's take a quick ad break before we are joined by Mr. A bigger pardon, Professor Eugene Clutie from Stellenbosch University. Stay tuned, please. Hashtag Kava. My favorite drama is on. Huh? Kava? Yeah. Tembi just discovered that all the money has been stolen. Now, Sipo is a suspect. Gaga, did you just say hashtag Kava? Yeah, as in look, like hashtag Kava, how easy, convenient and fast it is to receive your TV license statement and pay electronically. That's great, Gaga, because you will never miss an episode of your favorite drama because you can do it all while sitting on your couch. Hashtag that. <laughs> pay your TV license the simple way. Go to tvlic.co.za. SABC TV licenses. Hashtag made possible by you. Don't miss the third annual Africa Shared Value Summit taking place from the 23rd till the 24th of May 2019 in Nairobi. Thought leaders and business changemakers from across Africa will share insights and case studies showing how shared value can transform your business and create the Africa we want. Book your tickets at AfricaSharedValueSummit.com today. The Africa Shared Value Summit is proudly sponsored by Safari.com, Old Mutual, NL, APSA, The World Food Program, JC Deco, and the Shared Value Africa Initiative. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On The Viewpoint. That's right. It's 11 minutes past eight on this, the 21st day of May. This is The Viewpoint with myself, your host, Songa Zomabekle. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint at SAFM Radio at Songa Zomabekle. Those are our social media handles. Our lines are always open if you want to contribute with anything that is being discussed on air tonight at any given time. 0891-104-207. WhatsApp voice notes are up and running again, so drop us your voice notes, please. 614 We accept your messages as well, and my producer will just scan them through to me. I'm broadcasting from Pretoria today, but everybody else in the team is in Johannesburg. SABC is flexible like that. But on the line is... Professor Eugene Clouty, who is joining us from Stellenbosch before he's off taking some very much needed academic breaks. And academics are very busy people. We're having a conversation and engaging each other on one, ethical clearance that is passed at Stellenbosch University and specifically how this item was passed 
2. How the institution has taken its community in, in, in an attempt to atone and recover from the scandalous material. 3. How it will ensure that this is not repeated in and under its name going forward. And four, the dangers of institutional indifference in academic spaces to items critical for social cohesion. Specifically with reference to Stellenbosch's history with apartheid will be a crucial discussion point here. And no further ado, Professor Eugene Clutie is on the line and available. Thank you so much, Professor Clutie. Great chatting to you last week and welcome, SAFM. Thank you very much, uh, Songhezo, and uh, good evening to your listeners. Thank you so much. Let's have a conversation first up, Professor. I mean, everybody knows why we're having this conversation. It's a follow-up, and I did take the confidence of the listeners in. Last time we had this conversation, then we were joined by Miss Professor Barbara Boswell, a colleague of yours from UCT, and a student under her wing who's reading towards a master's degree. And they are persons who for ease of reference identified as colored women but of course there was an explanation behind why they would just simply say that they did have discussions around why they identified as that to an extent they might and should have been and were in fact offended but more importantly i think it's also important to have stellenbosch's account of things and let's have a conversation first up how does ethical clearance at stellenbosch take place and how could it that that particular piece of research passed that ethical clearance that you're going to talk us through. Thank you, uh, Zungeza. Uh, we've got a, a, a whole number of uh, research ethics committees, uh, depending on the field of study. So the uh, medicine and health sciences, uh, they would have their own uh, research ethics committee. The humanities would have their own research committee. And then we also have an overarching Senate research ethics committee. And we rely, first of all, uh, on academics, and the integrity of academics to put forward uh, their research to ethics committees uh, to be approved. So that's, that's crucial. Uh, the second is that the ethics committees can only deal with the information that is presented to them by the researchers. Um, and it does happen that uh, the information in the, uh, put forward to the ethics committees does not contain uh, all the facets uh, of the information. And, and in this particular case, given our uh, investigation uh, to this point, um, the ethics clearance was given uh, to this project, which is a social impact project, studying yes. environmental factors on the health uh, of uh, people in marginalized communities. But uh, nowhere is there any mention in the application to the research ethics committees of uh, race categorization, and this is also the same for the National Research Foundation, who also uses the peer review process, who partially funded this project, and uh, there was no mention made uh, in the research to the particular group uh, that uh, was studied. And, and this is how this happens. In some cases, uh, it does happen that uh, academics don't put forward their projects to the ethics committee. Uh, the process is long, it's a tedious process, it's a very thorough process, and they get frustrated and they sometimes uh, bypass uh, the ethics committee. And this is something that is serious, it is against our policy, and when this happens, we normally take disciplinary action against uh, the academics. Before that happens, but can we just therefore agree that you were sold a dummy by your own? Uh, uh, just repeat that, please, on together. 
Am I understanding you correctly when you say they didn't give all the relevant information because some of the information that you were given after the fact was not what was given initially? In other words, were you, were you, so, so you were sold a dummy. But now, yes. never mind the disciplinary action that would take place as a result of that particular action. Could that at all speak to the culture of the institution? Well, it, uh, it, 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 the, um, the culture is a problem at South African higher education institutions uh, in general. Um, what we strive for is to be inclusive. Uh, we adopted uh, at the university in our centenary year uh, a specific resolution, um, and the institution uh, says, you know, that uh, in our restitution statement, uh, we say we acknowledge uh, that it's inextricably connected with the generations of the past, present, and future, as well as its contribution towards the injustices of the past. And I quote, for this we have deep regret. We apologize unreservedly to the communities and the individuals we excluded from the historically historical privileges that Stellenbosch University enjoyed, and we honor the critical multi-voices of that time who would not be silenced. In responsibility towards the present and future generations, Stellenbosch University commits itself unconditionally to the ideal of an inclusive world-class university in and for Africa. And as we start the second century of the university, Yes. Um, we really have to work harder and we have to deepen transformation uh, at our own institution. We've just recently adopted a new Vision 2040, which was approved by Council uh, late in 2018, um, and we have five values that inform our ethics code. This is accountability, respect, equity, compassion, and excellence. And we are committed to live by these values. And the investigation into this matter at the moment will be conducted in the same spirit. We are nowhere yet where we want to be, um, but we are uh, on a uh, journey uh, to make Stellenbosch the place that uh, we aspire it to be. Internally, the stakeholders of Stellenbosch University, other academics, particularly your colored community within Stellenbosch, your stakeholders being your benefactors, your alumni, your students more importantly, how did they respond and look to engage the university in the aftermath of this coming? Yeah, I must uh, say that I was uh, very impressed by the way that uh, the community on campus has responded. In particular, uh, I want to acknowledge three uh, of our colleagues. This is Professor Aslam Fatar, uh, Professor Amanda Khos, and Professor Yusuf Chikta. These are senior members of Senate. They also serve on the council. Uh, of Stellenbosch University, and uh, they have organized a number of symposiums uh, that we, uh, and we've had one of those just today, in fact, it is the second one of a series of symposiums, where uh, they've taken the lead and they've taken ownership uh, of how we, in fact, continue uh, on this journey. And uh, there was a very good article published uh, today, and uh, they uh, are helping us uh, with a way forward. Um, they start off by saying, and I absolutely subscribe to what they say, and I'd like to just quote uh, one or sure. two paragraphs out of their statement. Yes. Uh, they say, we decry the continuation of colonial and apartheid research thinking that makes essentialist connections between race, ethnicity, and particular attributes or aptitudes of a group of people. Such use goes against the grain of the institutional culture, policies, and strategies uh, of the university. And that is, that, that 
says to me that they understand the strategy, that they understand the culture, that they understand the policies, and that this is not in line with what the university stands for. Um, they go on to say that uh, we said that the racial essentialism expounded in the article was an assault on the dignity of research subjects and, and insulted black people and communities classified as colored generally and women in particular. It sets back the Santa Bosch University transformation agenda at a turbulent time in the history uh, of higher uh, education. And the ownership that has come from within the university is really something that uh, I am uh, supporting, that I'm very pleased about, and it is helping us uh, to move forward. And also the conversations that are taking place uh, amongst academics on campus and also with our students uh, that is uh, helping us to, in fact, go forward, you know, and uh, they, for instance, conclude in this article, I won't read the whole article, it's a very good article, they say here, a consideration should be given to instituting a campus-wide mechanism dedicated to transforming research and science, which would develop the scholarship and scholarly infrastructure to promote, coordinate, and deepen processes related to transformed understanding of science and research. The university should become, and this is the important thing, the university should become a key site for developing a critique of race in science and research and establishing related institutional practices and processes. And this is exactly what is emerging from these conversations. The Stellenbosch University now has the opportunity uh, to take the lead uh, in the debate on how race categorization should or should not be used uh, when we endeavor uh, on research projects in higher education uh, in South Africa. I'm going to follow up on that question because I do want to have a discussion in terms of how research that focuses on cognitive functioning over a class of people or group of people can, in fact, ethically be conducted or if it is even possible to do that. Stand the line, Professor. We're going to have to take a quick ad break. We'll be back right after this. For those of us in South Africa listening and the world over, 891 your contributions are more than welcome. This is SAFM Viewpoint with Songas on my bed, so please stay tuned. <laughs> Are you looking for some inspiration at the end of your weekend? Then Africa's stunning natural heritage will give it to you. Join us on Safari Live this Sunday evening at 6.30pm as we track the leopards of the Western Kruger and survey the majesty of the Maasai Mara looking for famous lion prides and massive hyena clans. End your weekend with inspiration from the wilderness on Safari Live this Sunday evening at 6.30pm only on SABC3. Here, there and everywhere. SAFM 105.8 FM in Neisner. Call Songhez or now, 0891-104-207. That's right. Songhez, I'm here in studio. And WhatsApp voice notes are welcome, please, on 0614-104-107. Just keep them coming. Whatever that comes to mind, if you're too shy to give us a call or you don't, for whatever reason, feel like holding the line and having your views expressed on air, just drop us a voice note, 0614-104-107. We are joined in studio all the way from Cape Town, Professor Eugene Clute, who's the Stellenbosch University's DVC, Deputy Vice-Chancellor for Research, Innovation and Postgraduate Studies, talking about age and education 
related effects on cognitive functioning in colored South African women. That was a study that has since been decommissioned in the name of the university, and more importantly, which is the crux of what we are talking about this evening, Stellenbosch University's response to it all, and we are joined by pretty much the second most command in the institution, Professor Eugene Clutie. Prof, I asked you a question earlier on. Do you want to respond to that? Uh, how you mean about rest- the study specifically on cognitive functioning? Correct. How cognitive functioning as a study in itself can be conducted without yep. causing offense? What are the yep. ethical standards that should guide such a clearly sensitive idea, I mean, sort of research function, or yep. is it even possible to conduct such studies? Never yeah, mind the does. The, Sorry, yeah, the, these kind of studies uh, actually do happen uh, worldwide, and the journal in which this article was published and subsequently retracted uh, looks at the effect of, of environmental factors on cognitive functioning or cognitive development. I must state uh, up front that uh, cognitive function or cognitive development is not equal to intelligence, uh, and uh, there might be a misunderstanding that these two are exactly the same. Uh, we've got at least different uh, types of intelligences, and according to Bloom, uh, who's an expert in this field, published at least six different uh, cognitive levels, of which memory is one, and then understanding what you memorize, and then analyzing what you memorize, and then coming up eventually with your own opinion uh, and creativity and synthesis. So let me give you an example. Uh, let's say, for argument's sake, you're in a school, and you're taking mathematics as a subject, and you don't have a mathematics teacher. Uh, the chances are very good that your cognitive development in the field of mathematics uh, will not develop. But that does not mean that you are not brilliant. Uh, So that's the first thing I I just want to clarify. But this does not help us uh, in this particular article uh, and in this particular research because the impact of the research and the message that went out to the community uh, caused a huge amount of emotional uh, hurt and uh, trauma. Um, in, in, our, in our own institution amongst the, the 52% of our staff members uh, that fall into the category of, of, of colored, which I'm very, uh, you know, sure. careful to use. Uh, I accept, but, I accept. Uh, so, and, and that's really the issue. Uh, human dignity was compromised. Uh, in my books, uh, human dignity trumps academic freedom, it trumps ethics, it trumps research integrity, it trumps freedom of speech, and it trumps human rights. And uh, this is why we apologized unconditionally uh, in, in this particular regard. A lot um, of the time, sorry, looking back, sorry. Uh, and I've already asked for all of our projects uh, that have uh, had ethical clearance in uh, 2018, the approximately 3,500 research projects, uh, to see whether there are not potentially other projects that uh, could end up giving us exactly the same negative uh, impact on society. So the research that happened there was also part of a broader project. Uh, They found, for instance, and it's a social impact project, by the way, that uh, in that category that it is also funded by the National Research Foundation, that some of the women that were studied there, quite a large number of them actually have heart vascular diseases, they've got diabetes, uh, and there have been interventions to help uh, with medication and changing towards a, a, a better diet, etc., etc., things that normally go uh, along with uh, lifestyle diseases. So, uh, looking back, uh, I think it was naive uh, on the off of the researchers to do this research and to go out there and, and publish uh, the results that have been uh, 
giving us this, this tremendous negative impact in society. You know, when you talk about academic freedom and that it should never trump Section 10 of the Constitution, human dignity, that is precisely why Stellenbosch University as an institution would court the sort of public opprobrium that it has, simply because it's Stellenbosch and its links to the order that was before 94. I preface all of this against the fact that, for instance, Hendrik Verwut held a PhD. He was a social scientist. Now, you can be learned, as it were, but not necessarily be transformative with your knowledge or progressive with your knowledge or useful to society. Still, in 2018, 2019, whenever the research was commissioned and finally concluded, you have remnants of fervudism, if I can call it that, still at Stellenbosch University. This is precisely why this would have been more offensive, say, another university in the country. Do you want to respond to that? Yeah, Sandeka, you're right. I mean, that is absolutely the case. You know, this is why we say that we live with these ghosts uh, of the past. They are still haunting us uh, as we speak today, and and uh, we have to deal with it. Um, I'm not denying anything that you have just said. In fact, it is part of a big uh, study uh, going on at the university. Professor Jonathan Jansen, who you might know, yes. uh, is doing exactly this kind of research for us to say, well, to what extent does this thread of the sort of apartheid-type uh, mentality uh, still, uh, you know, finds its way in some of the research projects that we have at Stellenbosch University? And it's not only here, by the way. It is uh, also at many of the other leading universities uh, in South Africa. We just recently saw something coming out of a neighboring university. So... But I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about our own university. You're talking about UCT, and the yes. Things that we do at our own Prof. university, Clutie? and this is unacceptable to us. And we have to ensure that we safeguard the university against this. And for that, you need deep transformation. You actually need, although the research has transformed tremendously at the university, it moved from a very uh, low-key research-intensive university to the leading research-intensive university on the African continent. Uh, for the past seven, eight years. Uh, and the, the research, and I can give you many, many examples of stellar research that is happening on the square kilometer array uh, through to medical breakthroughs, cancer research, water research, energy research, and I can continue with that. But uh, that does not mean that the culture of the institution has changed. And this is the big challenge that we face at the moment, is to say, how do we change the culture deeply? And how do we get rid of prejudices, and for that we have to deal with this issue. And uh, this uh, particular article has highlighted uh, some of the problems that we, in fact, face at the moment from a cultural point of view uh, on campus, uh, and that is upsetting. Uh, and we know about this. We do, do staff surveys on an annual basis, a culture survey among staff, and we've got a transformation office, and we've got all the other structures in place. Uh, but it's not happening quick enough, and uh, we really uh, will look into this as fertile ground on how we transform the institution uh, more rapidly. Specifically, and when I talk about transformation, it's about mm. transforming the culture of the university and the people that work uh, at the university at all levels uh, of the university. Because culture is what certainly 
enjoys more traction than whatever the rules book might say because culture is what is the everyday contract and exchange between the persons who occupy those spaces notwithstanding what the rules say culture is what dominates and culture is what defines an institution not what the rule book says is that right yeah you're right i i, I absolutely agree with you uh Zungeza. this is why it's such a major challenge uh for a university uh like Stellenbosch. uh you know and this is why it is such a high priority and we constantly uh, are aware of this and we constantly talk about this so this sets our transformation agenda something when an article like this appears you know it sort of wipes out a lot of the good progress that we have made in terms of uh, changing um, the, uh, the, 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 the transformation. And it points to the way that we have to deepen our transformation efforts. There is absolutely no doubt about this. Mm. And I think this will give us the opportunity uh, to look at every bit of what we do at Stellenbosch University. And we started with that. I mean, some faculties, departments, and various university structures have begun to consider how to adapt their research practices in the light of the type of challenges the article highlighted. Discussion has occurred in seminar and symposium spaces and further academic discussions are being planned. The interesting thing just about mm. this article, yes. you know, and I've been through many, many iterations uh, of how to argue about this, you know, whether there's a logical argument or a rational argument around this, whether there's an emotional argument, you have a thousand opinions and a thousand voices around this. But when I spoke to uh, Professor uh, Barbara Boswell, who, and, and, and she was part of the UCP, uh, part of four people, we had at the symposium today, and I met with her also earlier on. Uh, I was wondering you know, if the results showed a positive outcome for argument's sake, whether we still would have had this uh, discussion. And the answer to that is yes, we would still have had this discussion. And coming from her, she said, you know, when she read the title, this is Professor Boswell, and I'm very happy that we have met one another and that we can work together also with UCT uh, going forward. She said, when she read the, just the title of this article, yes. she said, this can't be. It just can't be that there's another study that is actually being conducted uh, on colored women in South Africa. And that has to stop. Yeah, we did try and get uh, hold so, of so her. That's really the problem. That's the essence, and that, that speaks to but the, the, the impact and the response that we had from our own staff members and from the society indicated how far we still have to go to transform to a point where this is eradicated. This kind of cultural thing is eradicated. And, yeah, and yeah. I understand her viewpoint. I fully understand it. As far as I can, I, I would have also been a bit tired, you know, if this is the umpteenth article uh, mm. on a particular race group, uh, measuring and categorizing and indicating, uh, you know, that this is, this is the problem now. Um, and it really, it might sound funny that this helps us as Stellenbosch University to review what we are doing, to look at the research culture, to look at not only the research culture, but to also look at the culture of the university in terms of our spaces, in terms of the lived experiences of the people on campus um, in order to change that. And it's a major effort. It is something we have to do every day with every person in every interaction that we have with one another. And it starts with small things. I mean, I'm just going to give an example in terms of, I think we also have a responsibility as alumni, certainly in my case, when I graduated there with my law degree, 
I was given two certificates, and I understand the languages of the university are three. I was given a certificate in English, and I was given a certificate in Afrikaans. And I wrote to the establishment, I think the registrar at the time, it was Professor Free, and I said, could I please, the, there's an omission here. I don't have my third certificate. And I simply assumed, based on the fact that the languages are official and there are three of them, that this was a mistake. I don't want to get into a debate as to why my certificate in my language was missing. And yeah. well enough, two weeks later, I got my certificate in my language. So I, I do understand and, and, and more importantly, do appreciate the context by which you present these arguments in the context of accountability. Let's talk about accountability. Here's a question. UCT, you mentioned, not didn't mention them by name, but you were referring to them when you said another university down the road. They commissioned intelligence and slave exports from Africa. That was UCT's professor at the Graduate School of Business, Professor Simplis Asongu, who has since resigned, by the way, following yep. the fallout of this particular piece of research. So that's an element of accountability. Vision 2040 talks about excellence, Compassion, equality, respect, and accountability. South Africans want to know, certainly I do, as a former Marty for that matter, I want to know from an accountability perspective, will there be a casualty like there is at UCT from Simplis, who has left, he hasn't been pushed, he has left. Are we seeing something like this or are we working towards something like this? This question is prefaced against the fact that this, this culture, which you are lamenting, which has set Stellenbosch back, which speaks of all of things that spoke about to Fervut, accountability with the head rolling is probably the only response under the circumstances. Uh, well, uh, you know, it depends on how, uh, how you look at accountability, uh, Sungeza. I'm talking about uh, somebody being dismissed. Very, I'll, I'll give you an example of my understanding, and it might be wrong, but it, let me give you the, uh, my, my take on this. We could have uh, taken the route uh, that uh, UCT has taken and to say that we distance ourselves uh, from the research. And that's Which is know, a sellout and, in and, a way. And, that's and, and we walk away from it. Um, we decided not to do that. Uh, we decided to take, uh, and I'm not saying they weren't accountable, but in my mind, uh, that was a relatively uh, easy way out. Yes, uh, I agree. Take the name off, and this is your uh, uh, own research, and we distance ourselves from the work that was done by the researchers, and just leave it there. But that does not take us forward. Uh, what we did was to say, well, you know, you, you can't distance yourself from yourself. These are Stellenbosch students. These are Stellenbosch academics uh, that did this research, that got out there. Uh, the research, by the way, was not... Uh, that good, uh, I, and I got that from a variety of different sources. It was retracted and so forth, which we fully support. Um, but we need to figure out what went wrong here. And accountability, in my mind, is to say, well, what went wrong? How do we move forward, and how do we make the place better? I can't just walk away from it. You know, In retrospect, it might have been a lot easier to just say, well, we distance ourselves from this research, and we wash our hands and we walk away from it. We, did, we didn't choose to do that. And I'm not saying that uh, UCT did the wrong thing by doing it, but we, just sure. didn't, we, we took a different track uh, on this to try and fix this uh, so that, this, uh, that we safeguard the university as best we can as we move uh, forward.
We're taking your calls on 891 We're in conversation with Professor Eugene Clutie, Stellenbosch University's Deputy Vice-Chancellor for Research, Innovation and Postgraduate Studies, talking about everything Stellenbosch has since done following the fallout and the aftermath of a very offensive piece of research looking at the cognitive functioning of women who identify as coloured in South Africa. We are now at 22 to the hour, and we haven't really much time, so this is as good an opportunity for you to make your contributions known. Professor, let's talk about, generally speaking, now just divorce yourself if you can from Stellenbosch, but the dangers of institutional indifference, especially in academic spaces, and how that indifference does a lot of harm when you're looking to have a society that is cohesive towards social cohesion. Let's talk about institutional indifference because we know institutions can be agents both for an apartheid or institutions for the kind of society that our constitution speaks to. Yep. Well, the danger uh, with the, uh, the world that we live in at the moment, uh, which is... Uh, uh, you know, the, it's, it's complex, uh, it's unpredictable, uh, it's ambiguous, um, and it's volatile. Uh, in these circumstances, it becomes very difficult uh, at the university to just say, well, academic freedom is the uh, holy grail. Um, because you can, uh, academic freedom around the world means that you can actually study whatever you want. You can choose a subject and you can study that whatever you want and this is a rule that is applied at uh, most of your top uh, academic in institutions around the world and then as long as you do the work in a, a way that you conform to the research ethics of the institution and you rely on peer review for the, to, to monitor the quality of the research once it is published that that is all okay that's sort of the standard uh, default position uh, and I don't think that works, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, in, uh, and, and what we've learned uh, with this article is that you can be right, but you can also be wrong at the very same time. Uh, and I'm not saying the article was right. I'm just meaning you can pick the boxes, but you can eventually have the kind of impact that this article has had. So what we will have to do, and this is part of the moving forward uh, at Stellenbosch University, yes, is to look at the... Uh, you know, uh, when we look at the praxis uh, of reconstructing research and science, uh, we will have to consider how the policies, the regulations and practices can be adjusted in pursuit of justice, inclusion and ethical integrity. So in our process, this, these will be the questions that we will ask before we even think about academic freedom. Not that we want to limit people in terms yeah. of the um, studies that they actually want to undertake, uh, that would that would be like you know censoring uh, academics in terms of what they need to uh, undertake, but in the time frame and where we find ourselves at the moment uh, in South Africa, uh, I would like to think if it's not going to move us closer uh, in the pursuit of justice, inclusion, and uh, ethical integrity, and and specifically human dignity, we should think very carefully about whether we actually want to embark. Uh, on such a, a research uh, project, um, and, and, and that's uh, that's my view on this. And, and these are hard lessons learned uh, over the past uh, three weeks, three four weeks uh, since the article was published. Sure. Final and, and that's question. Part of the way going forward uh, to say, well, you know, we sometimes you have to challenge. You have to challenge freedom of speech. 
we live, live in a country which is highly divided. And yes. people say whatever they want from all spectrums of the uh, political uh, landscape. And we will really have to think carefully about how are we affecting human dignity. If we want to develop a country where we find ourselves in a country where there is social cohesion, then we have to be putting human dignity. Let's consider the thoughts of a caller in Bloemfontein, Professor. Just hang on the line. John in Bloemfontein, your contributions quickly, please, for Professor Clutie. Yeah, okay. Look, my only contribution is just simply this. I'm not a guy that went to university and so on, but managed to do things for myself. But I picked up very quickly on what the professor said. If integrity isn't a very strong bone through society, whichever you, you know, whichever society you have, if, if, if that is lacking, the rest just implodes, whether you're educated irrespective. Mm. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate your call. Short and sweet. Professor, on that point, I just want to ask this question, though. The group of academics who commissioned the study did use, and for whatever reason or however they came to the number 60, 60 women ages between 18 and 64. Has Stellenbosch in any way sought to reach out to that affected community of women, and how have they sought to do so, one, and two, what is it that they are doing with two, or however trying to attend to clearly the conditions they are subjected to? Yeah, the... uh uh, to my knowledge, uh, the research the researchers themselves have actually reached out uh, to the community, uh, engaging with them, explaining to them what is going on uh, at the moment. Um, and then we will uh, also, as the university, uh, reach out uh, to the community uh, through, the, through the project. The project uh, falls within... Um, the vice-rector that is responsible for the social impact, Professor Nico Kortman, in his responsibility center, uh, and also with the senior director there, Professor Leslie van Roy, and they are uh, preparing uh, a plan uh, of how best to interact uh, with the uh, women uh, who form part of the study. Professor, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your candid approach to things. And more importantly, thank you for owning up to this. We thoroughly appreciate your time, as well as everything else that we can look forward to in the name of Stellenbosch University, with the hope that the institutional culture will not give us another study like this. It is very offensive in 2019. Thank you very much, Songeza, and good evening. Thank you so much. Professor Eugene Clouty, DVC Research, Innovation and Postgraduate Studies at the University of Stellenbosch. Stay tuned. After the break, we are joined by a young man, Mr. Mondli Fananayekulu, University of Zululand graduate. Honours in Development Studies graduate, unemployed, but he has a story to tell. Stay on the money.